The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. everybody welcome back to another episode of silence your phones your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at bicbp-radio.com i'm one of your hosts chris chavez joined as always by sean fritz and today we're he's going to be known as sniffly sean fritz mm, yeah mr <laughs> sniffles right here and remember just like how to lose a guy in 10 days nobody likes a guy named mr sniffles <laughs> nice nice deep cut um Speaking of deep, that's where the Q-tip went in my nose the other day, and it was not fun. And I'm still, hence the name Mr. Sniffles, I'm still feeling it. I was going to give the disclaimer, this isn't due to you being sick. Um, You you pissed off some nurses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to go to my doctor instead of a CVS to get a COVID test for work. And they were like, why didn't you go to CVS? Well, it's funny because CVS, their system went down right as my test was about to, right as I was about to pull up to my test. Now, do you feel like that's the case, or is it one of these things that was, was like, you know what, Like, I'm so tired of watching people dig in their noses today, I'm just going to say our system's down so we don't have to deal with anyone else anymore? If, I guess. I mean, it's it, this isn't the first time it's happened. Oh, system's yeah. going down a lot then. It's gone down twice, when I and I, luckily I've been able to reschedule it, but this was like, hey, I have to take it within three days of arriving in, New ha- in, you know, in the yeah. next town in the next state. So it's, it, I have to, there's no, there's no other option and they're closed the day, the next day because of the holiday. So that was super fun. Now, are you doing Airbnbs when you're traveling or are you Mm-mm. staying in hotel rooms? Uh, total hotels. And the company pays for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I put oh, it okay. on my, I have a, I have a corporate credit card. Oh, nice. That I don't have to pay a dime for. Don't you need a, a nice new video camera and, and recording setup for work? No, because I have to submit all my receipts. <laughs> um, I was going to say, what's hotels looking like right now? Is there, a, you know, is it busy? Are you seeing a lot of people in the hotels too, or is it is it like ghost towns? Everybody keeps to themselves, rightfully so. Um, there's really not a whole lot of ac- interactivity, and in the uh, breakfast bars are take it and go, get the hell out of Dodge. Oh, but they still offer the breakfast bar uh, to a degree. They're they're not like hey you can sit down and and eat or you can get your fake eggs from the thing it's 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 all prepackaged sealed stuff ah uh, okay so it's not like the big hot plates and stuff sitting mm-hmm. around now where you can go okay one of the things I used to love about those those continental breakfasts is making my own uh, waffles and the waffle makers I don't know why ever since I was a kid and I started going to hotels you know on vacation. And that, my first experience being like, I can make a waffle by myself, you know, and you dip the, the thing in the cup and mm-hmm. put it in there. Um, that's kind of sad, man. All that stuff is changing. I mean, it the, is what it is. The thing that I really like is when I would actually, like, it seems like every other day at the, if, if so when I stay at hotels, it's usually three plus days in a row. This time it's four hotels in seven days. 
because I'm traveling oh. all throughout the state. Yeah, that's super uh, great. That but, sucks. Yeah, yeah. Not not really a fan, but, you know, I, I, I'm a company man because I have a mortgage, so I do what they need. You and you're know. lucky you got a job, right? I mean, nowadays we're lucky we have mm-hmm. jobs, so. Yeah, but the, uh, you know, the, the what was it, the... The, when the breakfast bars were when when before pre hell pre pre hell on earth <laughs> I guess you could say um, there was uh, they would have these really good uh, and you're you're out on these but they were the uh, and I put air quotes egg um, what were they like egg omelets with cheese cheese omelets mm-hmm. so you're out on both the ingredients yeah but sometimes they would do like this really weird uh, like red and green peppers that. Um, they tasted like paper, but they made everything taste like hot garbage. And I'm like, eh, you guys don't have the cheese omelets, you know, cheese and <laughs> egg, you know, the easiest thing that you can put out. And they're like, maybe tomorrow. I'm like, how about maybe today? Because otherwise I just have a Cinnabon and then I'm hungry five minutes later. They don't have the box cereals, the little box cereals. I'm an adult, Chris. Come on. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I don't do milk either. <clears throat> Because I don't like okay. milk. It, it's too, gotcha. eh. like, I'll do Greek yogurt. That's as close to dairy as I get, aside from butter. And even then, we do plant-based butter now because it's really good. Yeah. Nice, nice. Man, um, I say we just jump right into the movie today, dude, because I, there's a lot I want to fly right into it? It's Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did I as do? We, as we said last week, <laughs> we are covering Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. How do you do? My name is Alfred Hitchcock, and I would like to tell you about our good friends, the birds. <laughs> That's the damnest thing I ever saw. Birds just don't go around attacking people without no reason. Yes, they attack the children, attack them. What's the matter with all the birds? <laughs> Birds are not aggressive creatures, miss. They bring beauty into the world. Those gulls attack. Impossible. They came in right down the chimney. Why are they doing this? It's the end of the world. Are the birds going to eat us, Mommy? Get yourselves guns and wipe them off the face of the earth. That would hardly be possible. Mitch, don't! The five continents of the world contain more than a hundred billion birds. All at once, the birds were everywhere. Why don't you all go home? Lock your doors and windows. Did you get the windows in the attic? When do you think they'll come? What happens when you run out of wood? I don't know. You don't know? When will you know? When we're all dead? I had never seen this. Mm-mm. I remember um, <clears throat> I've always been into film, uh, into you know movies, cinema. For the longest time, I wanted to actually work in in movies. I wanted to be a director. I, I wanted, you know, I when I was a kid, I looked up to guys like Steven Spielberg, uh, George Lucas, you know, and I always just thought to myself, I would love to do that, you know, just get paid to pretend and have fun pretending and have people pretending and then and as you get older obviously you realize it's a business that's not just having fun pretending Mm -hmm. but uh hitchcock was always one of those those directors that i always enjoyed as well i remember being a younger like real young seeing rear window and just thinking it was such a cool movie and i loved the way it was shot um and I, I made it a goal, a younger me, younger chris made it a goal to see all of hitchcock's films and i never did you know i've seen a few of them 
But then life gets busy. You're not watching movies as much as you used to when you were a kid. So that's why I love doing the show, dude, because it's literally making me sit down and watch movies again mm-hmm. and, and ones I haven't seen. So, yeah, I hadn't seen this one, and this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. I hadn't seen any Hitchcock movies. I'd just seen, like, the beginning of the TV show, you know, where his silhouette steps out, or he steps out, yeah, yeah. and the, the side profile, and then the silhouette, mm-hmm. you know, transition, and Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock presents, and that was... Yeah. I, I know all about, you know, that he does some weird stuff, and, you know, some, uh, what is it, some uh, pushes the envelope for, for the time, mm-hmm. and very creative, and very much a um, kind of like a draw your own conclusion type thing. Mm-hmm. He was uh, also a very cutting edge on mm-hmm. a lot of there, there's certain camera effects that, you know, he employed that weren't being used at the time on certain films that like it was it was cutting edge at the time. People didn't see that kind of filming. Yeah. And it's you know, you can definitely see where a lot of this stuff is influenced with, um, you know, future movies and, and future directors and such, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things um Actually, we'll get into that piece of it. So both of us are are, are new to this. You completely are brand new to it. Um, you saw it in color? I did, yeah. I watched it. I rented it on Amazon. So, well, I saw it in color as well. And I thought to myself, was this just done in color? Because I don't know if you noticed in the, in the credits... Um, there was a thing that said, you know, filmed in Technicolor. So I was like, hang on a second. For why did I always think this was a black and white film? It was not. It was actually filmed in color. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought it was colorized, like like they do to a lot of the older like movies. Night but of apparently, Dead. it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, thank God we didn't see that that way. Um, but do you, this. Do you want to see a Logan cut of this? Well, Logan cut was that? Or just black and white? Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd be interesting, right? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. I'd like to see how it translates to give it that old look. But I mean, I, I enjoy watching it the way the, the 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 filmmakers intend their films to be seen. You know what I mean? So knowing that it wasn't a black and white and colorized, I was cool with. I was like, good. I, I can just now stop focusing on whether or not this was colored or not, <laughs> and just watch this movie now. Well, and, and you know, you, you, speaking to that and speaking to, you know, the the Hitchcock themes and, and not so much his themes, but his, uh, his techniques, um, you know, black and white, obviously, you know, when we did Night of the Living Dead, it was so much easier to hide a lot of things. You just need yeah. a darker colored, uh, semi, semi-congealing liquid like syrup or like yeah. a thicker syrup as opposed to something that is red and, you know, blood, entrails yeah. can be ham and bacon and and you know pork basically yeah but you know and some of hitchcock's things were that the you know he would play up the 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 color of you know the the very porcelain-esque the very sean fritz pale-esque color (laughs) of uh you know of the 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 lead actress's skin diametrically opposed to you know the color of blood or you know the villain is so you know, it, it's hidden in the shadows, but it's not because it's just a darker figure or it's underlit, but it doesn't yeah. have to be to the degree, um, you know, like it is in color. Speaking to his filming as well, like the, some of the things he employed. So one of the things I noticed, and, and tell me if you noticed this, um, I tried to look it up somewhere to see if it said that this was done intentionally, but I didn't find anything. Did you notice every time Tippi Hedren was on screen, uh, who's the the lead actress here, um, solo by herself, it had this kind of glow to it. Mm-hmm. the The film had, was had a very kind of glow, and anytime it cut away, and everybody else was to norm like normal. You know what I mean? 
except in those driving scenes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that was they couldn't do that in the driving scenes. They didn't have enough lighting uh, to make it look like that nice warm glow of a room, I guess. Uh, but I did notice that. All right, let's get into the plot. Um, so the idea is is there's this character, Melanie, who um, we learn throughout conversation in this movie that she was kind of a wild, a wild girl, uh, you know, woman for that time um, in terms of, you know, she liked to party. She did wild things. There was rumors that, you know, she went dancing naked in a mountain in a fountain in Rome. But her dad um, was also a publisher of a newspaper. So was it just competition yes. and slander or was it something else? Exactly, because these were the gossip columns. But the, she's one of these kinds. Of, she, that's that's the type of woman she is. Um, she's also very well known for playing pranks and playing jokes and just messing with people. Uh, so when we first see her in the movie, she's going to pick up some birds at a bird shop. Uh, and then enter the male uh, lead in this film. Um, what was his name? Trent? Trent? I can't remember his name now. Mitch. Uh, Mitch. Mitch Brenner. So enter this guy, right? Um, he sees her, and we don't know that he recognizes her yet. It comes out later that he did, but he sees her, and uh, he's a lawyer. He recognizes her because he had been in court at one point when she had to go to court for some you know nonsense that she did that caused damage to some some I guess plate glass uh, broke windows or something strikes yeah strikes my memory. So he's he goes in and pretends he's looking for certain birds, and she decides she's going to mess with this guy, uh, and she starts to say, you know, this, these are the birds, and he calls her out immediately. He's like, yeah, you know, I know you're not selling birds, and she gets annoyed by that. Mm-hmm. But there, for a while there, there was this weird chemistry between them that I couldn't figure it out. Right? I well, was that like, was kind of the whole movie too, just a yeah. weird back and forth with a lot of people, but. Yeah, and that makes me wonder, is that just the times? Like, you know what I mean? Because the way they interacted maybe back then, we would have understood that kind of cat and mouse game. But now that, you know, in in our time looking at that, you can see some of it, but then some of it's just really kind of, it would leave me puzzled. Like, what the? Or is it just quick editing? That could be it as well. It definitely could be it. Um, But anyway, so, you know, he takes off and she ends up, interested she wants to find out who this guy is and so no, she straight up stalks him she doxes him and then stalks <laughs> this entire him entire movie there are so many times where i'm just like yeah that's not gonna pass for okay anymore mm-hmm. that would not pass for okay anymore um there is a double-edged sword to that to a degree if it's yeah. a woman to a man that is a not okay at all but if it is a man i'm sorry if it is a woman doing it to a man maybe but if it's a yeah. man to a woman, it's considered no. predatory, rightfully yeah. so. But yes, but yes. So she uh, she calls her her contact, a friend at the paper, to have her trace his his license plate to find out what town anymore. he lives in, dude. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think they do that anymore. Like, <laughs> hey, newspaper guy who works for my dad. Yeah, get can, this info. Yeah, can you um and you know maybe, maybe using his contacts with the police or with the DMV? Who knows? Right. Still, still strange. Very. Uh, then she drives to, she gets these birds that he was looking for and drives to her town. No, uh, she goes his to town. his apartment and leaves oh. him out front, just <laughs> randomly leaves a set of birds. And that's right. The neighbor's like, he's not here. He's where he is every weekend. And I'd, I'd help you out. But, and she's like, well, know. where's that? And he tells like, that's the thing in this movie too. Everybody has no problem just giving out all the personal and private information to anybody else. Well, consider the time too. 
Exactly. I mean, I That's think, what I'm saying. I think that might have something to do with it. You know, do people lock oh, their yeah. doors? Probably not nope. in this movie. Uh. <laughs> well, no, but you're right. I think it is the time because, you know, that's and I think that's why I really like watching older films, too, mm-hmm. is because there is a little bit more of an innocent time. And I do enjoy their style of acting it's more trustworthy, um, I think, is really yeah. the, the big thing. So she she ends up going to this little uh, coastal town that's two two hours away by Pacific Coast Highway. She decides to take that two hour drive, which if you've never done it before, do it. Driving the Pacific Coast Highway is a phenomenal experience. It's ridiculously, amazingly breathtaking. Um, she gets there. This is the part I love, too. She goes to the post office and is like, do you know this guy? Because it's Tiny Town, right? He's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I know this guy. What's his address? She's, he's like, it's right over there. He literally points mm-hmm. it out. And then my the other funny part is he's like this is how you get there. She's like is there a back way? Mm-hmm. Like I would have been like what do you what's going on here? He's like ah you could get a boat and do it. <laughs> so he rents her a boat. <laughs> yeah, well she also seemed a little too um uh what's the word? Uh, so, uh helpless. Like how do I do that? Where's the boat? Well, it's right in front of your effing face. That's my favorite hiding spot, you know. I don't it's, feel like she was helpless. I feel like if you saw her in the bird shop, she no, she's this kind of person who she expects people to do things for her. Mm. Like, you know, like she gets by maybe on her looks, on the fact that her dad was who he is, mm-hmm. that they have money. That's why she was kind of a wild child always getting into True. trouble. Um, so I always took those little things like that. I was like, because you could tell the guy was looking at her weird, but then kind of looks at her and becomes smitten and is like, mm-hmm. I'll, ta- I'll take care of that for you. I'll make the phone call. You know what I mean? But then she asked how much she owes for the for the phone calls, too, which that's not a thing anymore. No, but, but back in the day, it costs money to do that. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to ask somebody to make a phone call for you, the decent thing you could do is offer them a couple 50 cents, 75 cents, oh, whatever it costs. Probably far less than that. But but yeah, it's probably like five or ten yeah but even um, still that's that was i was like oh that's that's not a normal thing now no not at all during this this whole time though we started to see little things here and there we're first of all we're filled in a, we start out in a room full of birds right at the bird shop mm-hmm. but as she's traveling we're seeing you know seagulls kind of s- swooping in a little more we're getting more birds in the sky she goes to you know she goes to the guy's house and this is the first instance, uh, not even the first, this is a, another instance of it was the times. She goes to this guy's house, sees that he's going into the barn, mm-hmm. and she just walks right in. Just she, just she does ring the doorbell. Oh, she does. You're right. Mm-hmm. She does. She no rings answers. the doorbell. No answer. She lets herself in. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> what would you do, dude, if, if all of a sudden you went downstairs or I don't even know if you have a two-story place, mm-hmm. uh, or if you went out the door and all of a sudden coming down your hallway is somebody you don't even know. And they're just like, oh, hey, I was just passing through. I just wanted to see if I could get some sugar. Well, not even that. Like, I mean, if that's the town creed, that makes sense because everybody mm-hmm. knows everybody. Case in point, went after the boat ride. But, yeah. but to go in your home and see something that wasn't there before... That might you might feel a little violated, like oh, yeah. what's going on here. Um, that's all I can really think of. Yeah, she goes and she leaves these birds there for uh, the little sister of Mitch because that was the idea. He went, he told her he's buying birds for his sister's birthday, so she leaves him there. And as she's leaving, um, she sees he's coming out real quick, right? So she's paddling away, and she decides to watch him from a distance. And so it does, the way he reacts does look like he's freaked out. I mean, he comes storming out of that door, like running out to see like, what the hell? Like, who is this? Right. Mm -hmm. He goes running back inside and pulls out some binoculars 
and sees her in the lake. So then he gets this big smile on his face. So it, it becomes this thing where you could tell that there's obviously an interest in each of them for each other, mm-hmm. but they're both playing kind of hard to get with it. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to let let the other one know and yeah, you know, tip their hand because then maybe they've lost the the power dynamic in in that relationship. Exactly. And I think she's used to having that power. You know what I mean? Like, at least that's the way she plays it off. So she takes the boat back to the other side and Mitch decides he's going to get in his car and drive around that pond or lake and meet her on the other side. Just as she's about to get to shore again, we see the first attack. This seagull just comes out of nowhere and whacks her right in the head. Karate chops the shit out of her forehead. Like, <laughs> All of a sudden she's got this blood right trickling in, down the side. Right of her in her hairline, just above her temple. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, Mitch is like, holy crap, did that bird just attack you? You okay? Um, you know, takes her inside, gets her kind of fixed up. Um, you know, I missed a part, though. No, he takes the, her into the into the restaurant, which, okay, that's... that's I mean, that's the, where you got to go, right? When uh, Well, I mean, the, the, the doc guy was out to lunch, but then you go to a restaurant. It's like, uh, how much... Well, if it is a small town... How sanitary you know, is that? Yeah, you know? true. <laughs> For the restaurant. <laughs> Yeah. They didn't. They didn't have food inspectors coming by in those days, worrying about that. At least not in this little sleepy town of Bodega Bay. They probably, yeah. And who knows? The police off the 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 cop would probably be like, eh. <laughs> well, she's I don't fine. believe you. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Are you sure? Um, one of the things I forgot to say was before she did go out to the house, she needed the name of this sister. Mm. So she goes and ends up meeting the school teacher who we find out, you know, had something to do with Mitch as well. She apparently Mitch is, is quite the ladies man bringing the ladies down for the weekend. That is uh, his mother's house bringing them down or them coming to him <laughs> because she moved there to be near him after they broke up. Yeah, which is she was very strange in her. In the way that her character was portrayed, that was yeah, that was kind of odd. That's yeah, uh, it was Kathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we definitely was. Um, so oh, no, that wasn't Kathy. Kathy. Was no, no, the, no. That was uh, Annie. Annie. Yeah, Hayworth. Annie Hayworth. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, so we see the first attack. Right as the movie continues, what we're seeing is we're seeing two things start to happen, right? And I started to see this almost like Night of the Living Dead. You could see this in a lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies, uh, some of his earlier movies, like Signs, where there's interpersonal relationships and a story that's happening with this woman who's infatuated with this guy and he with her. And they kind of, you know, are trying to figure out what they want to do with each other or how they want to interact with each other. And it's also a weird situation because this woman just on a whim decided to come to this town where he knows everyone and has all this history. And she's trying to like, all right, maybe I should just go home now. And they're like, no, 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 no. Stay another day. Stay with us for another day. You should you should at least be here for for my my sister's birthday. Come to Kathy's birthday. Right. Um, The other thing that's happening now is that slow impending doom. Because like in, in Night of the Living Dead, you know, they're driving through the they're driving through the cemetery and you hear over the speakers that some weird stuff happening. Um, Shaun of the Dead even reminds me of, you know, they're all of a sudden he's he's living his life. But in the background, stuff's happening and you mm-hmm. hear it here. You hear things on the news. You hear things. You see things kind of more and more birds coming around. It's, it's getting all like um, super ominous. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it, it obviously painted that picture, that tense tone, that you know, the limited music. I think I've mentioned this a couple times. That you know, we'll get into it. The limited music, mo- mainly sound effects, but that mm-hmm. was, you know, when you don't hear uh, music, 
to you know kind of promote what what the uh, what the emotion what what you're supposed to be feeling it's even more ominous you're like well, what the hell and it, it also signifies that the town has kind of gone quiet and kind of gone dark mm-hmm. so it's you know it, it really paints that picture of like you said impending doom right then so she goes she ends up going to the little girl's birthday party and there's all these kids out playing she and Mitch are talking <laughs> and she's like basically they walk up on this hill of sand yeah, a dune. Yeah. It, and have like this super like heart to heart. Like she almost breaks down talking about how her mother left her and she doesn't feel her mother's love. And, and you start to get a sense of why this girl is the way she is, why she turned out the way she did. I think this is the only character development for for this character. Yeah. You know, for uh, yeah. for Melanie. Yeah, exactly. Because it was even from then forward, there was this you could tell she wanted you know she was interested in Mitch but anytime he referred to her as a troublemaker or something like that her demeanor changed immediately and mm-hmm. it's almost like she's been dealing with this her whole life um so anyway they're at the party right and all of a sudden you start hearing these birds come this is in. where it turns into a comedy and then it goes to town. Ta- well, <laughs> there was that one spot that was super funny, bro. <laughs> I sent you that did, gif last yes, night when I was watching yes. it, where that girl's just laying face down, <laughs> the bird is pecking at the back of her head. And like, she's just got her feet kicking, yeah. and it's it's bouncing up and down and, and pecking her head, dude. Uh, that was funny. Um, but other- otherwise, you know, as I'm watching it, I, I mean, I tried to really put myself into a time when maybe – I wasn't so used to gore. I was watching this in in terms of like, could that be frightening? And hell yeah, that could be frightening. Just flocks of birds coming down and starting to peck the hell out of you. Um, So yeah, they start attacking all the kids and they all end up, you know, gathering everyone up and running inside. And uh, that's our first actual experience with a full on attack of the birds. More Um, than one. Yeah, it was, uh, it's loud super loud super annoying <laughs> i had to i just turned down the volume a little mm-hmm. bit i was like okay turn this down. what did the sound effects say or what did the, what did the what did the, your subtitles say for for when the sound effects what did it say anything did it just say no. like birds flapping no no I, I think it just said like bird bird noises or something like that yeah that definitely was bird noises we'll, all right we'll, so we'll, here we go another another um listener request yeah uh we've had the teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, theme introed into Ernest. We've had a couple other ones. I want to hear Bird Person from Rick and Morty uh, <laughs> overdubbed onto any of these scenes that have birds, you know, attacking. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, yeah, if somebody could do that, I would love that. Uh, all right. So then, you know, what ends up happening is we we basically start to see this this play out more and more. Um, there's a scene where uh they're at the school right and and the mother's kind of breaking down oh no no not yet the mother was breaking down that night so here was the thing that gave me that that m like that impending doom thing that night they're talking about the bird feet like the chickens aren't eating why aren't the chickens eating so she's calling the the guy who owns the animal store that happened before because that was when she was over for dinner on friday yeah saturday was the birthday party. party but yeah if i remember correctly wasn't that the night the birds came through the chimney yes Dude, there was so much in this. Yeah, there is a scene, like I was saying, where you know she's she talks to this guy who owns the pet feed store, and the next day she goes there to like basically mm-hmm. say, "Hey, let me buy whatever." Uh, 
the farmhand, the guy, the guy that help, his helpers out there and says he's in the house, right? I haven't seen him today, but he's in there. So she goes in the house. He's and not seeing cl- many people. Classic Hitchcock, dude. This this slow kind of tension, this buildup. You see her walk in. It's a quiet house. Static shock of uh, or shot of her walking down the hall, and it's just slow, methodical. There's mm-hmm. no like, all right, go quick to her going in the room. Nope, we're gonna walk her, watch her walk the entire length of that hallway, then get to the door, opens the door, and then starts to look around the room slowly. All this carnage. The the walk down the hall. Do you think Kubrick enjoyed that to, so much oh, yeah. to put that into The Shining, dude? You know Kubrick was influenced by Hitchcock. You oh, know? Yeah. So many people were influenced by Hitchcock in different ways. But Kubrick, I feel like a lot of his style has, it was uh, influenced by Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she's scanning this room and there's it's carnage, dude. Glasses broken, windows shattered, dead birds laying everywhere. In the window? Yeah. Bird in the window? Oh, the one smashed up against it. Like, kind of like I think stuck. his head was inside the window, oh, too. Oh, God. Then she sees these feet right and you can already see blood splatter on the feet and then the camera pans around and you see the guy basically sitting and, and leaning up against the corner just blood nothing Dry, in it no dried eyes. blood dried blood in his in his eye sockets sockets no eyeballs mm-hmm. dude and then he does this quick three cuts as a as a close-up on that it is so like impactful this like boom 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 and it hits her so hard she can't even scream. She just opens her mouth and then goes running down the hall. Can't even tell the guy that's helping him. Just jumps in her car and goes home. So yeah, all of this stuff is happening. Like you said, there's a scene where they're they're all in the, you know, in the house listening to the this stuff and all of these sparrows come pouring through the 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 uh, fireplace. Just and it's not a lit fireplace, but it's you know they're just coming all in, and it was that is horrifying mm-hmm. as well. I was like, holy crap, this is insane! I didn't realize this movie was as intense as it is. Um, you know, there was the scene. So then, next thing is is uh, I feel like it's the next day after all of that because the mother's all like in a t- she's about to go catatonic, right? Mm-hmm. And she's freaking out. She asks like twenty times, "How's how's Kathy? She gonna be okay? You think she'll be all right at school?" Um. So Melanie's like, let me go take care of her. Mm-hmm. She decides she's going to go to the school. They're singing some song, some old that school song. That was the song. longest song on the planet. Thank God. I was like, what is this song? Is this one of these songs where it adds one more thing and you have to keep repeating it it's like over the 12 days and over of Christmas. and over? <laughs> Except it was like the 85 days of Christmas. So, But they're singing the song, right? She's trying to get this lady's attention, the Annie, the school teacher. Mm-hmm. And she's like, give us two more minutes. So she goes outside to sit and have a smoke. This was a very this was very effective camera work. Mm-hmm. This was very cool, building up tension, getting you to feel like, oh shit, what's gonna go down? Because mm-hmm. we've seen what they've been doing already. Melanie's sitting out there smoking a cigarette. Behind her is a jungle gym. One, there's a crow on it, just one. She doesn't see it. We cut to her again, and she keeps looking over at the school because she can hear them singing, and she's thinking what the viewers thinking, like what the fuck, like how long is this song gonna go, dude? Like seriously, cut the song. This is an short. emergency. Yeah. yeah, do something, man. I don't come to your work very often, but when I do, <laughs> shit's got real. <laughs> Cuts back to the jungle gym, more crows. Mm-hmm. Back to her smoking her cigarette. Back to the cr- gym. I mean, now you're it's it, covered. Now it's it's covered. It's insane. I was like, whoa, this is. <laughs> It's about to go down. Run, yeah. Put the top up on the convertible and get the hell out of Dodge. It's about to go down. So she runs into, she sees it, runs into the school and tells him, you know, we need to go. Throws up her gang signs. 
you yeah, know, basically does our peace. hand drive. Let's let's get out. You know, whatever is. Let's get the hell out of Dodge. Yep. Uh, and they do right. They they end up all running down the street. All these kids just running, dude. Some of them laughing. Some of them like literally looked horrified, right? And some of them looked like they were probably being hurt. Like the way these things were hump coming and hitting them, I was like, I wonder how many injuries they had on set. So I will tell you, when I was looking for the birds attacking at the at the party, <laughs> the first one I came across was this of the kids running from the mm-hmm. school. And when it zoomed in, like closer to the kids, you know, <laughs> out, when the school was it was yeah. out of the out of the frame, out of nowhere, you just saw the red angry bird come bouncing through. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I almost oh. sent that to you, and I'm like, no, I gotta find the one where this girl is just laying there getting pecked, you know, in the that back was, of the neck. That was amazing. Um, so they they do end up getting these kids down to it was back to the diner right didn't they go uh, to the diner some went back to the diner but most of them ran home and some uh, because they live close enough yeah and some of them went in whatever uh, logical fashion circled around back to the school teacher's house ah that's uh, right the, that's the right. teacher's house which was on the opposite direction of the school from whence they from ran where they were running yes yeah. that's right. Um, so that yeah, that's what happens there. Our main characters, uh, Melanie and and uh, and Mitch, and a couple of the kids, and and some of the families were in this. They were back at the the diner, and now it's almost like a scene in Jaws, right, where they're talking about what the hell's going on, this and that. And then all of a sudden, there was the harbinger, the guy that's just like, "It's the end of the world." <laughs> It's the end of it's the end times, and he starts quoting Bible verses, and everybody's looking over at him. And this diner, um, apparently back in the day, they sold just alcohol too at the diner. I thought it was like a bar behind them. Yeah, like um, I don't know what it was like a a, an all in one type thing. Yeah. So this is where we start to hear the birds again out there, right? And they they start swarming and attacking. So they look out the window, and we see this this dude across the street pumping gas, right? This um, bird just comes out of nowhere and what, knocks him on his ass. What's the deal with the not with like the hose thing? Turn on, turn off gasoline thing. That's old school, right? I mean, I don't know, and it must be older, older because like that's a tinier town, so maybe mm-hmm. they don't have all of the more up to date modern gas pumps. But yeah, so there's this hose just spraying gasoline, and we watch this trail of gas just kind of rolling down, you know, the 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 street. And I was thinking to myself. Is Hitchcock gonna play into this thing? Are we gonna see some something go up in flames, dude? Sure, no, I was mm-hmm. not expecting this at all, dude. I'm telling you, I've seen some of Hitchcock's films. I think for me, this is probably one of the more gr- gruesome because, like Psycho, if you ever watch Psycho, he doesn't. You don't ever actually see the viol. You know what I mean? You don't see any 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 stabbing. You don't see the knife penetrate skin. You don't see any of that. Mm-hmm. And this one, we're seeing birds like pecking at people and some of these shots are live birds it was being allowed to bite at the hands of their trainer Mm -hmm. um and then here right we see this line of gasoline and it ends up going to this car with the parking uh uh, parking lot this dude pulls in gets out of his car and immediately lights a cigar that was finishing his drink that the was that him the family the the mother that was like can you tell him to shut the f up and then she's like i'm getting out of here and then that lady freaks out later and is like, oh. yeah, because they came running back in. I mm-hmm. thought he'd come back in with them. But if not, if this was him, that makes this even crazier. 
dude lights a cigar and everybody's screaming, don't light it, don't light it. The thing lights up and he just explodes it. from mm-hmm. underneath him. And the cutting on this, let me tell you something. Better than RoboCop. Wow. Wow. I, re- I was like, 1963, that was impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Reminded so me that- of Halloween 3 where that guy goes and dumps gasoline on himself in the car. Yeah, and then boom, like you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. But yeah, so basically, you know, uh, more bird attacks, more bird attacks. They they end up going and getting the girl. Um, They find the school teacher dead. They all race home. And so it's Mitch and his mom and Melanie and the girl, and they're boarding up the house. And all of a sudden, you could just hear these birds attacking like mad, just going Mm -hmm. to town on the house. Like the door almost splinters because they're just pecking the shit out of the door. Um it's quiet for a while. Towards this, we're towards the end here now. Mm-hmm. Melanie gets up, you know, decides she heard something upstairs, so she's going upstairs. What the hell's going on up here? Yeah. She opens Don't do the that door by yourself ever. No, why didn't you bring anybody with you? Why'd you go up the stairs? Didn't we learn anything from Scream One, right. Two, Three, and Four? And probably they're going to talk about it in five. Um, yeah, she goes in, and we see that there's a hole in the the ceiling, like literally the roof. They peck their way in through the roof. And then when she shines that light down and all those birds are sitting there, again, one of those mm-hmm. just kind of, whoa, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, this is good. <laughs> it's the equivalent of a very good reveal at like the perfect time. But there were yes. one right after the other in this movie. Yes, yes. He does, he he was so masterful at, at doing that kind of thing, man. Um, but she ends up getting attacked to shit. And, you know, Mitch wakes up and goes and pulls her out of the room. And then they just are like, okay, we just got to leave. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, he walks out. Well, this is the weird part, too. It was like there was no explanation as to when they would attack and why they would attack. Because he decides he's going to go and try to get one of the cars uh, out of the garage. And in doing so, he opens the door and there's like millions of birds everywhere. But they're just how, all sitting there. How scary shit was that? Yeah. And they were and different like, types of birds, which one of the bir- the bird lady... Um, at the diner we said i've never you know and everyone's like yeah bullshit what's your story um, yeah she's like i've never seen birds of different feathers flocking together yeah yeah and you saw um, seagulls crows and everything else sparrows yeah um so he walks across you know and then comes back to get her and they all walk slowly through all these birds that aren't doing a thing just just watching them right sitting mm-hmm. on the houses Waiting for on the railways or something they get in the car and they just leave yeah. That's the end. And and there's no credits because they played them at the beginning. Well, that's old school too, dude. When they were doing that, I was like, it's Tarantino. That's right. it's, they used to it's, do this shit, it's dude. Tar- why Tarantino does it, I would imagine that's one of the yeah. reasons why he does it. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's uh this plot though, it was um I enjoyed this. I thought it was really good, but again, I wanted, and maybe it's even better when you don't know what the hell's going on or why things are happening because it did make it a little bit scarier. You don't know how to fix it or beat it if you don't know why it's happening. But they never tell you why. There's nothing in this movie that says this is the reason that the birds all started acting up. And then the ending is left ambiguous on purpose because that's just how Hitchcock was. He liked to kind of leave it this, it kind of ends and then lets your imagination pick up to say what happens after that. It's like Dawn of the Dead, at least the Zack Snyder version, you know, where mm-hmm. they think they've escaped and then they go to that island and and credits show that there's a lot of shit going down on that island, too. Yep. Yeah. Um, but straight, you know, straight up, I thought it's a it's a it's. 
you made a comment about character development. There's not too much. You're, you're pretty much force fed. This is what's happening with these people. And then just kind of go along with it because the idea is to set a stage where, where you're, you're, you're thinking you're following this movie. And then all of a sudden there's this other, you know, crazy shit happening. Yeah. The action is really what supersedes the, uh, the character development. The characters are just there to service the plot more than the plot is serviced by the characters in this movie. Yes, exactly. Um, but that's not to say that you know the acting was too bad. Mm. Let's get into the let's get into the cast and the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, Tippy Hedren. So, were you familiar with her at all? I'm familiar with the name, not so much her her body of work. Same. Uh, but it was, I mean, it was you know very serviceable for for. Um, you know what what the role needed a, you know a beautiful woman who was you know just kind of out of her element with these things this was her and, first this was her first this was her screen debut her screen debut yeah well second but this was her first with a speaking Big, part oh yeah oh was it is that what it was yeah the first um, one was just a supporting backs you know background character so she's still alive dude 90 years old uh, but the the reason I knew her her name was because I knew she was in the birds. She was in the lead, the lead in the birds. But I also know that she's um, Melanie Griffith's mother. Mm-hmm. Check out Wikipedia, dude, and look at her signature. Her signature she includes birds in them now. <laughs> it's oh, amazing. Nice. That's funny. yeah. That is an amazing signature. Uh, yeah, I thought she did well, man. I, because it it came across the way she played this this woman really came across that kind of entitled. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's used to people doing things for her. Like at the beginning of the bird store, even right, like like the birds would have been. There. She lives in San Francisco. She's not she's not doing anything else that day. That mm-hmm. lady's like they'll be back in. The, they'll be here, and she's like, no, no, no. You could just mail them. You just just ship them to me. S- send it to me. Not she. She, would she didn't want to okay? be bothered. Yeah, yeah. She didn't want to be bothered. Uh, but and she, you know, again, she comes across that way. But then there are those moments where you know that there's more behind it. Like she, she feels like she's being um, labeled something she's not. She gets upset when you know they reference those things and say those things about her. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, and and this is going to speak to everybody in this film in the acting. It's just different style of acting back in those days. It just really was. And and I don't know why it is, uh, because you just don't see people act this way anymore in, in film. It feels like when, when we're doing, when we see actors on film now, it's a little, I don't know, overnatural? Is, does, that, does that make sense? It can be. I mean, you know, I think you made the comment about when we watched Alien, where that was the case, where they were overdoing it. Mm-hmm. And that could just be the director. Uh, it you know it could be a number of things. It could just be what uh, what is considered you know socially acceptable in that in that instance. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I edit some podcasts, I will clip out a lot of dead air mm-hmm. to create you know more of a, a a listener a positive listener experience. So it could be that there was just quick cuts for that reason. Yeah, definitely could be. Uh, but you can also see at times when you have one or two on screen at the same time and they're interacting, mm-hmm. um, you know, that there was, I don't know, th- it, it is. There's just such a different way of acting back then than there is now uh, with line delivery and everything. Um, and I think that's why the other care, um, the one who played Annie, I think that's why she came off weird too, because it, her, the decision making on how she delivered certain lines really made it a little bit like, made me go, huh? Do you know what I mean? 
She Does that make sense? The, yeah, and and her delivery and her her body language said something completely different. So it was, it was very hard to get a read on her, and maybe that was a red herring on purpose. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Su- but Suzanne Plachette, Plachette, that's yeah. her name, I guess. Uh, Plachet, Plachette. Yeah. Um, she's best known for playing Emily Hartley on the Bob Newhart Show from seventy two seventy eight. She's also in the Birds, and she's had you know a, a few other television and film, um, uh, roles. For me, dude, when I was watching this, I swear to God, and tell me if you see if you saw this too, she totally looks like Justine Bateman is like some sort of she's offspring of Justine. Like Justine Bateman might be a granddaughter or something, but she's not. Like there's no relation at all. But holy crap, watching this, I saw her like over and over, different angles, different way. I was like, how is this not Justine Bateman? This is the weirdest thing. You know, it took me a minute when you said Justine Bateman. I'm thinking Joan Cusack. Oh, uh, big difference, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, time. I do. I do see what you're saying there. Um, yeah, a little bit of Justine Bateman, a little bit of Shannon Doherty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she was, you know, again, her her performance for me was like you said, it was, it was odd because her physical did not match the way she delivered certain lines, mm-hmm. and then the way she decided to deliver certain lines was really kind of weird too. It felt it felt like she was on like opium all the time or something, <laughs> like a low grade dose of. Some sort of something, right? Yeah. Or brandy, right? Apparently, you just need brandy all all movie long. It's like, hey, hey you want a brandy? Sure. That 1960s brandy must have been something good, <laughs> dude. What the hell? Melanie just gets her her shit all all pecked to hell. They bring her to the couch, and dude's telling his sister, <laughs> "Go get the brandy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, we have Rod Taylor as well. He's the leading man. He plays Mitch. Um, now he's been in all kinds of stuff. He was in the Time Machine. Um, he was in Hotel Zabriskie Point. Uh, he's 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 one of these kinds of leading men. He's a, you know when you look at him for those days, he had that kind of chiseled Sean you Connery know, look to him. Yes, he big looks time. like he could be easily a James Bond. I mean, not anymore. He's dead. I could see that. He's I not, could see that, Chris. He's not alive anymore. Oh, no, no. Oh, God. We're doing that again. <laughs> that's pretty well, much Tippy's still alive. <laughs> yeah, that's most people in this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but I felt like he did a good job, you know, and I, I liked it at the beginning. Immediately, I could tell mm-hmm. he was messing with her, right? The way he kept talking, you could see it. So for that to come across without really just him calling her out, um, you know, definitely, I thought he did a really good job in this film. He also strikes me as... Um... Or no, he doesn't. But the dialogue that he would use when he referred to his mother as dear, mm-hmm. that that was new. Yeah, again, for me, I was like, that's the time, right? Because I suppose he when he said he was helping Melanie in with something, and he's just like, all right, that a girl, that's a girl. Oh, right, he took her off the boat. Come on, come well, on. That, okay, but when that's he a girl. To his mother. Yeah, that was what was even you know more more peculiar. Yeah, I really, I I do just think it was it's the time. Maybe not. It it might be. I mean, it might um, be because she. I mean, you know, moving on to Lydia, Jessica Tandy, un- unexpectedly, another Jessica Tandy movie. Yeah, yeah, I forgot she was in this movie. Um, and when I saw her in the credits, I was like, oh, sweet. And then seeing her much younger from the last time we saw her in Batteries Not Included, it was like, oh wow, like, and she was good. You know, I thought she did a really good job. Oh yeah, I mean, she plays that batshit crazy pretty well. <laughs> it's a technical term, by the way. <laughs> it's actually the medical term for, yeah, for it. Yeah. And 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 when but when you go one step above bad shit, you go shit bat. 
Nice, nice. Um, I do. Yeah, I thought she did a good job. You know what I liked? I was watching when she was doing one of these. Uh, she was on the phone talking to the guy. Mm-hmm. It remind it wasn't just her performance, but it was it was the choice of the of how they were going to do the scene and the director. Um, but I like this about a lot of the older movies and some movies recently have done it that I've seen. It's almost like this thing coming back where you have one person that you're supposed to be listening to, right? And so she's talking, but in the background you can still hear the two other main characters talking mm-hmm. and what that conversation is. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like typically they they pretend like they're talking back here, so you can just hear this. This one it gave it much more natural like you were in the room with them feel um like a so natural yeah, I, a situation exactly it's like you're in the room which is what i really liked about it mm-hmm. um we talked about suzanne plachette um kathy the little girl kathy i thought she was a pretty good actress man what'd you think veronica, of her in alien veronica cartwright what did who did she play in alien uh the what, what was her name um i can't remember the the secondary girl the the not Ripley. oh really holy cow dude i uh Joe, wow uh, lambert wow no way i did not know that was her man i didn't either until five minutes ago that's amazing though that is freaking Ooh. cool yeah oh. dude, she she did a great job as in as a, as a little girl, dude. However old she was when she was playing in this film, she, I thought she did a really good job. Like her expressions of fear looked genuine. She was fourteen um, in this movie when the movie was released, so probably thirteen. So probably more more true. Twelve, to age. thirteen. Yeah, twelve or thirteen at at the time of filming. Um, yeah, the, like I said, the fear. You know, you, she, it came across well when mm. she was in the car. You know, crying and just like like almost inconsolable when after the teacher had been dead killed you know what i mean really good performance mm-hmm. yeah she yeah i was surprised because at, at first you know kid actors you're like mm. uh, how's this gonna do well i mean right that one girl got pecked pretty well um <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and this one she her facial expressions where she's like are you gonna come to my party remind me of, like yeah, will smith and little... hitch you know where he's trying <laughs> to smile at first he's like Ur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, the bird lady, dude, Ethel Griffies. I liked her. Uh huh. She comes across as that kind of creepy lady, and but she knows what she's talking about, and some of the things she's saying spells doom for them because it's like, you know, hey, they don't normally do this, or you know what I mean, dude. Check out her partial filmography on Wikipedia. What's she got going? Uh three columns of a lot of words that's partial yeah that's only a partial filmography because well and and you know the birds is one of 40 of the surviving 50 or one of the surviving 54 hitchcock films i was gonna say also look at her first film dude 1917 yeah that, that was i don't think that was a talkie at that point was it who knows man wow that's amazing what a look at this so I wonder if when they cast, like she was one of these at the time, like everyone knew who she was. She was already, you know, very, very, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Established. Yes. Established. Exactly. Well, she died 12, 13 years after the, 12 years after the film came out. So yeah, 75. So she, I mean, you, you know, the, the birds was one of, was of her last films. It was third to last. Wow. At least on this list. So my best bet is you know that she uh she was well known at this point 
Oh yeah, easily. Um, and and she she was she, when she was on screen. If you ask me, I felt like she commanded this mm-hmm. the screen. Like she was, you know, everyone was staring at her, and she her her line delivery was good. Um, you know, very much. Again, she it was like she and the other guy were both that harbinger thing. Like he kept saying it's the end of the world, but she was kind of bringing a realisticness to it. But they were both still saying the same thing. Like these aren't. This is not good. Whatever's happening. Check this out. And I'm just looking at the first. I mean, this speaks to that the time in the 30s. In 1930, she did two movies. In 1931, she did six movies. In 1932, she did. She was in eight movies. In 1933, she was in ten movies. Like, Good lord! One year is more movies than I will probably ever be in. No kidding. Seriously. Um, I've been in a few myself, so, but still, uh, it was, it was, (laughs) yeah, right, dude, I'm talking all those Buffalo independent films, right? Yeah. Indie films, dude. Come on. YouTube videos Um, don't count. There's one though. That is amazing. It is, it is so bad. It's good. Well, not really. It's so bad. It's bad, but I don't mind telling people I was in it. G.I. Joe, the rise of Cobra. No, but you're along those same lines. Um, all right, so I'm looking at the rest of the the cast here, and it didn't seem like there's anybody else that really stands out. Was there anybody you saw aside from the fact that Mr. Alfred Hitchcock himself makes his signature cameo? He was very famous for doing this. He would play a character in one of the films he was directing, um, and so this one, he's at the beginning, coming out of the the, the pet shop, walking two dogs, and those are actually his t- his two dogs, mm-hmm. uh, two of his own dogs. Um, but this was something that Stephen King. Uh, was influenced by because he would do the same thing and M. Night Shyamalan as well would do the same thing. Uh, Todd was, Phillips. was this kind of thing. Um, who who else? Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. Old school. Yep. Um, what's his... Uh, uh, we just watched his movie last week. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was uh, Mike Judge. That was... Idiocracy. Yeah, Mike Judge does that all the time too. Oh, yeah, he always yeah, puts himself yeah. in. Yeah. But you could see like this, you know, there's so much about Hitchcock's style and, and things that he does that really influenced a lot of mm-hmm. filmmakers that came after. Uh, there are a couple people on here uh, Lonnie Chapman played Deke, the innkeeper, the guy behind the bar. It looks kind of mm-hmm. like a uh, an Andy Griffith type. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see here. Beyond that, uh, Elizabeth Wilson. Was it her? No, it was uh, the guy across the street, Richard Deacon, who was on uh, you know every every uh, show that everybody watched in the '60s and '70s. Dick Van Dyke, Leave It to Beaver, Jack Benny. Yes, he was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and you could tell, like, when <laughs> it's very small part, right? But um, he's memorable. He really is because just the way he he acts and the way he interacted with her, I, I'd take care of them myself. But I'm about to go out of town myself, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's actors and acting. Now we're going into the soundtrack, music, score. there was one not even no they're just sound effects more or less isn't that amazing like that's one of the things i read was that he wanted he wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to be oh you know he wanted these moments of kind of long drawn out silences scare the fuck out of you to to kind of build that tension he wants this movie to be a slow burn from from attack to attack Mm -hmm. and the best way to do that is to slow it down and when i say slow it down is Music helps carry scenes along and helps things move, you know, and, and in your mind, 
kind of moving a little bit, you know, smoother. Whereas when it's not there, you're just, you know, forced to watch what's happening on the screen in in silence, even where there's no dialogue, you know, just maybe a quietness of her walking down the hall. You know what I mean? It's more realism, you know, because again, I mean, the only soundtrack you ever hear is the one that's playing in your head. And then uh, I think there was two songs they said in here. The first one was the one she plays on piano when she's uh, at the house, Mitch's house for dinner the first time. Mm -hmm. And then whatever that song is that they sing at the school that goes for seven hours. Yeah. Jeez. I need a super cut of that. <laughs> I'm going to find that shit on YouTube, bro. It's going to be my new ringtone. It's like John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. That's exactly what it felt like. Like one of those, you know, one of those songs or 99 Bottles Beer. I found um, it. Oh, God. Is there really? <laughs> um, but other than that, what we're dealing with here is 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 sound, right? A lot of Foley, a lot of, of special effects and sound effects. Mm-hmm. Um, birds screeching apparently or what was supposed to be bird screeching because some of it sounded like bird screeching the rest of it sounded like a hot mess like a cb radio or a police it was insane dude it was insane one of the things i was looking at um they were saying that uh they used what like the the predecessor to synthesizers Mm -hmm. to to duplicate these sounds um why not just film a bunch of birds i mean like record a bunch of bird sounds and use that I guess layering it would have been a little bit too difficult to do. What, and, and, you know, if you mess up, what do you do? Right. You That's know, true. It's, it's not It's not as easy as putting a cassette tape in. You know, it's, <laughs> it's probably on wax or on a wire or something yeah. like that. So it's it's a little bit more difficult to do in at the time. Yeah, the screeching, though, like the weird screeching sounds were kind of terrifying. Like, w- w- you know, kind of layered within this kind of CB radio, you know, BuzzFeed noise is is these little screeching sounds that sound horrific. Sounds like these aren't normal birds. Something's going, it almost sounds like they're mutated monsters. Well, and that's, I think, part of what's even more horrifying is that, you know what a bird sounds like? You know what a seagull sounds like if you've ever been to the beach? Yep. Seagulls like french fries, by the way. Yep. They won't take Alka-Seltzer. A friend of mine tried it. I tried that a couple of years back. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, he's a dick. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the um, these sounds, I think, added to the, the additional, you know, hor- horrific nature of the movie. Uh, yeah. You know, to the theme of uh, these birds are coming to get you. Yeah, especially when you weren't seeing them anymore. At the end when they're in the, the house and you could just hear them coming louder and louder. And then it just sounded like... It, it was it's it is it did sound terrifying. It was a little too loud. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I had to turn that down. I was like, okay, this is a little much. Uh, the flapping of the wings, whatever they were using to to, to duplicate those sounds, um, partially sounded real flapping and partially sounded like they were taking, um, I don't know, a, a few pieces of paper and just kind of wiggling them around, mm-hmm. making that um, ear piercing noise to drive you crazy. Like, is this really happening? Exactly. Um, but that's it, man. This movie is is you're getting sound effects mostly. Uh, you're not getting any. There's no score to this, which is weird because you know Hitchcock has always been kind of famous for having you know com- good composers do pretty decent scores for his film. Uh, but this one, he just wanted you to. He wanted it to be terrifying. Um, and like I said, it was for me. Uh, aside from again being a little little abrasive in times, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it, I think it did a, a pretty good job. Now let's move on to a big part of this movie, the special effects. 
Birds. Definitely a big part. Birds, Birds right? Yeah. Um, I think the first time we're seeing special effects is when she's driving the Pacific Coast. We see the, the use of the blue screen. Uh, the mat. Yeah. It was more of a mat. The, the mat. Yeah. Whatever. And the, the yellow, the sulfur vapor thing. Oh, is that how they used it? Is that what they did? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do blue screen on this one or green screen. But it, it still has almost that effect, right? But without that kind of fringe thing happening on the edges of, of the actor or actress. To a degree, but you can also... It, it doesn't impact the wardrobe or, or the, the makeup and paint and, and all that stuff. So you can still be... You know, you're not impact... Like if you wear a green shirt and you're in mm, front of a yeah. green screen, you're a floating head with two disembodied <laughs> arms, which yep. is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> yep. But it's uh, with, with Matt, which is where they just paste in the, you know, the windows and the windshield if you're driving or yep. the, uh, or the, the vape, the sulfur, sulfur vapor, then that's, um, you know, it, it's not impacted by, it doesn't impact the uh, wardrobe makeup and such. And ironically, right. the guy that invented it is the same guy that designed Mickey Mouse. Get out of here. Yeah. Really? Walt, uh, Walt Disney World? Uh, or Walt he, Disney's he company? for Disney, yeah. Yeah, they wow. actually farmed a lot of this stuff out to those to Disney and to uh, Columbia Pictures, which I thought I mean, which was is smart, right? Because those guys were top animators at the time, so why not send your stuff to them to to work with uh, whatever you've got to do? Um, it didn't look too bad though, because again, this is shot on the Pacific Coast, and and you know Hitchcock uses a lot of times in this film, or he takes a lot of times to to get some gorgeous kind of establishing shots of that coastline. Mm-hmm. So when you see her driving it. And you see it moving behind her, you know, when they're doing that kind of close up. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought it looked pretty decent. It wasn't it wasn't distracting or too bad. Like there's times when it just looks bad and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, God, you could tell like you could really tell here. It was almost like, could you, though, because or is it that, you know, she was just being front lit a lot brighter. So the background looks not so much. But so they did a pretty good job of making it kind of seem in. Well, and, and at the same time. With these older movies, when they upconvert them, they look like dog shit. Yes. And I think part of it it's was true. that, like when they went up on that sand dune, I don't mm-hmm. know that what what was behind them was really behind them when they filmed that. Yeah. I doubt that it. That one was rough. That one was rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how about the scene, dude, when she's just going around those corners, right? And those little birds are just leaning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's pretty funny. Um, Do you like the static shot of the of the foot pedals every once in a oh, while? Oh yeah, you have to see that, right? Um, and then you had, you know, you would have obviously the birds throwing in a bunch of real birds, fake birds, kind of having them float across the screen mm-hmm. and sh- whatever. Yeah, if this is the process they used, it made it look for me. It looked better. Um, it really did because it, I, I was watching when those sparrow came in, and I was trying to think like is this all real? Like it can't be. Some of it looks kind of like it's not real, but like you could still see behind that what was going on here and see like real birds in the room, just kind of jumping around the floor, flying all over the place. Um, I thought it was done well enough to make you feel like this room was literally engulfed with birds. It was no RoboCop. No, no, definitely, definitely not. There, um, you know, and all the bird things were pretty cool. Some of them, again, are slightly hokey, but that's because it's the time. So if if this came out today and they were trying to pass this off as special effects of today, then it would be like, yeah, no. But back in those days, very impressive. Um, and I thought it looked really good in that regard. I think it looked impressive in general, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's no, it's not Marvel de-aging, but no. it's, you know, it's still pretty 
pretty believable. I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, mm. I can't do that at home. So Microsoft yeah, Paint it, is where my it, level of uh, CG stops. <laughs> <laughs> my CG skills yeah. stop with Microsoft Paint. Stick figures in Microsoft Paint. Um, I can download a Google image really, really like the best of them. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then there's the, you know, special effects in terms of, uh, let's go first to the dude with his eyes pecked out. That looked great. Mm-hmm. That looked amazing. Really, really like creepy, shocking because you weren't expecting it. Right. Mm-hmm. At first mm-hmm. you were like, maybe there's something coming. But then the fact that his eyes were literally gone. Oh, that was just holy crap. Yeah. I'm not signing up for that anytime ever. Um, I mentioned it earlier, dude, the explosion of, of the car from the gasoline. Uh, and then, which caused other kind of chain reaction explosions of all the other cars sitting around that car. Mm-hmm. Wow, I thought it looked cool. And then that aerial view of that the fire with the birds starting to slowly come in and be like, mm-hmm. "All right, we're coming at you." <laughs> yeah. That was good. Um, what else? What else special effects in here did we see? Well, the end. Did you know, like the last scene when they're driving away? Mm-hmm. Did you notice the car kind of like? Was <laughs> it, it was like one of those uh, like vibrating football fields? Yeah, you know how like the players are like, <laughs> like you could tell it was it was cut and overlaid. Yeah, and some of it was a little bit off. They were just kind of like, all right, let's just hurry up and finish off this piece, and and we're done with it. Driving into the distance, it's maybe there was a bird in the way. They had to swerve out of the way. Something <laughs> yeah, like that. maybe maybe we didn't see that. Um, but overall, dude, I think uh, very impressive in terms of special effects. Some of the blood part, you know, the scrape bloody things, it is what it is. You, you made a comment before when it was black and white. You know, you can hide some of how how not realistic it looks, whereas here it, it looked like ketchup. Nail polish. In certain spots, yeah. yeah. A little bit of both. Exactly. So, um, oh, yeah, overall, not bad on special effects. So we're coming to the end here. Any any particular scenes that really stuck out to you? Things that you really enjoyed about the film? Well, so the whole theme of it, the build, you know, the the, the build to the crescendo of the town's cordoned off and uh-oh. Yeah. Um, you know, that, the as you mentioned, the uh, the guy with his eyes pecked out, uh, the imagery in general, the mm-hmm. the effects were, were very well done and very innovative at the time. Um, there's no computers. There's a calculator yeah. in the world that's about as powerful as it gets. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's there's not a whole lot more than that. I mean, yeah. So so I think everything went was you know all of that was you know looked really sharp, looked really w- w- really well done, and you know just the whole the one thing that stood out to me was the the the, the lo- lone lawman of the uh, of the town was just kind of like one eh, guy, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> these things it's happen. Like, no, that was don't. Barney Fife. Like he was the, he's not even the one in charge. He's, well, he was, but like he's pretending for the day. They yeah. gave him the role for the day to see yeah. if he could cut it. Yeah, he's He's uh, just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and then they got a like if there's a real crime, they have to call like the next town over's real police. Yeah. Um you know what I did like there was that one scene after the dude blew up, right? And you mm-hmm. made a mention of the woman with the kids and how she got super intense and this was the very first time that and it was even addressed that all this stuff was happening since this girl came into town. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's my thinking. Like, what is it about her that's making this happen? Was there something that she wasn't supposed to do? You know, there's something that she did. Um, but yeah, dude, when that, when, when she, I thought that scene was pretty memorable because it was quiet. They come in and they're looking Where down the everybody? hallway. Yeah. yeah. And 
it's just dead silence. Everybody's looking at her like she's like the plague. And then this woman just steps out and starts walking straight at the camera, you know, staring straight at the camera, delivering her lines and just visibly just looking like she's about to lose it. It was awesome. So speaking to that, what do you think caused this? Because it's never addressed in the movie. No. And I, you can't even, like, how could you even guess at it? Like, I, w- I wish they had something, like, on the radio or something that talked about maybe a military base or a, a chemical spill or something. But there is zero at all to do, you know, to, to at, at all. It's just, it's weird. It's such a weird, it might have been just a kind of a weird phenomenon, something happening with solar flares, magnetism, who knows? I mean, there's there's a couple different, and this is just off the top of the head, uh, because I didn't deep dive on this. What's the possibility that these two lovebirds are, you know, are the uh, the ringleaders, so to speak, or you know, what? Who knows? Because um, they didn't go nuts at all. They stayed pretty calm. No, but everything happened in and around where those birds were. Mm. G- generally speaking, every time mm-hmm. they got transported, uh, or every time that there were people near or noise be- noises being made, those birds were generally in the same vicinity. Yeah. Um, is she possessed? Is her, um, you know, cavalier laissez-faire attitude uh, partly she's the devil spawn? Is yeah? Is it one of these things that maybe that birds communicate? And since we see her at the beginning in a bird shop, it's kind of like they all knew she wasn't. You know, let's just start talking and we'll stop her or get her or whatever it is because it is. It's only in Bodega Bay that this is happening. But it did they talk about before. it on the radio. They did yeah. say it happened before elsewhere, but we don't know if she was there or not. Right, exactly. It's interesting. I, I, I couldn't even tell you what I thought it would be. Yeah, it's kind of ambiguous on purpose. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what? We forgot to discuss before the show how we were going to rate this out of five. Oh, I'm I got assuming one. birds. I got one. <laughs> or girls getting pecked in the back of the head. <laughs> uh, pecked teenagers sounds bad, so... Uh, Let's go with a flock of birds, not of the same feather. There you go. Not of the same feather. How many flocks of birds are not of the same feather? Um, I think throughout this episode, you obviously know that I really enjoyed this. This was, um, again, I'd never seen it. So sitting down to it, knowing what I was getting, I was getting a Hitchcock film. I'm, I already kind of had that that expectation, um, and it didn't disappoint, you know. You get what you get with Hitchcock. He likes to he he likes to kind of bring you into these these characters' lives, and then pull them into this kind of unexpected thing uh, that might be happening or terrifying thing or you know creepy. And you get great. You know, he was known as one of being a really good director in terms of being able to get good performances out of and sometimes even great performances out of his actors and actresses. So you know you're going to get that too. You know. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed a lot of the interaction, a lot of the acting. Like I said, I like the old style of acting. I like the old films as well. Brings us back to those innocent times. It's, it's almost like a time machine. You, the, the clothes they're wearing, the, the cars they're driving, you know, just the way they all looked. Um, it, it was such a cool, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. The fact that there's no soundtrack just, it punctuates just how more intense it felt for me. Um, and then, yeah, just that idea of being like, could is this really terrifying? And, and by the end of this, I thought to myself, this had to have done to birds what Jaws did to going in the water, right? Like it had to be when people were coming out of the theaters 
and they were looking at the birds flying around or sitting on the power lines, you know, they had to be kind of wary, like, ugh, like, could this really ever happen? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, flocks of a feather, wait, 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 what? Flocks of birds, not of the same feather. There you go. Flocks of birds, not of the same feather. I'm going to give this one, um, this one's a 4.5 for me. Hmm. Um, I, I, I can't disagree with any of that. I, I have to go with the same score, four and a half, uh, just because there are some things that I didn't understand in terms of the way people talked in certain, uh, you know, yeah. certain eras before my own. Definitely uh, dear. Yes. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Sweetums. Um, you know, That's but uh, this, this is a movie that if you want to scare the shit out of your kids, let them watch it, you know? Oh yeah. Make They're not going to want to go outside, dude. <laughs> No, if, if, okay, so if your kids want to go play with their friends and take their masks off, show them this movie. They won't want to go outside anymore. Uh, This should be, okay, so this should be uh, COVID watching, required COVID watching. Uh, You know, like they say, the Sapruder film from a different angle that no one's ever seen is required viewing for the, for the incoming president. You know, that's an old Bill Hicks joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, this should be something for COVID times. Wear your mask and don't go outside and fiddle fuck around and uh, take your mask off. Don't be a Floridian, basically. <laughs> basically. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it's the soundtrack doesn't exist, which makes it even weirder, but it makes it more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the acting and all the actors are are very good. You know, they, they are very believable in the role that they're cast within. Um, you know, the sound effects. I know what birds sound like. And these were some batshit crazy birds, so <laughs> I guess believable because, yep. you know, you don't normally see... If you see a raccoon, you're like, all right, that's cute, but I'm going to stay over here. If you see a raccoon that's foaming at the mouth, you're like, I'm going to run over here and yep. shut the door behind me because, you know, that yep. shit's not normal. So same idea. Um, you know, there weren't like... Like everyone that you saw, at least because we're not of this generation, you're like, oh, that's this character, not, oh, that's this person. You know, like if you're watching The Birdcage, you're like, oh, that's Robin Williams probably for the first quarter of the movie. Yeah. But the other guy, you're like, oh, that's Hank Azaria. No, you don't, because you don't know Mm -hmm. what Hank Azaria looks like. You just know he sounds like Homer Simpson. Right. But even so, like, even if you know it's him, he's gone. He's Mm -hmm. already that character no matter what. Exactly. And I don't know why that was my go-to, but that's a go-to. It works. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, But yeah, I just say, you know, everything in this movie, this was a pleasant surprise for me because we were just randomly talking about something and we yeah. t- decided that we were going to do one movie and i'm like well how about the birds because we could have a bird type theme which we completely blew up for the next episode <laughs> but uh but you know it's a it's a film that i feel that at least from the trailers because that's all i've ever seen mm-hmm. echoes this movie probably like a a, a spiritual sequel not to yeah. be confused with the real one that was utterly panned yeah that's what i saw it was uh, it was not so good mm-hmm. yeah dude this um so so your first foray into actually watching a full-on Alfred Hitchcock film mm-hmm. and you start with the burbs, you know? It's kind of setting the bar. We'll see if we hit any other Hitchcock films. This is the burbs, not films. the burbs. Damn, did I say the burbs you again? <laughs> God, that sucks. Uh, I hope I wasn't saying it the whole movie or the whole show. No. I don't think so. No. Um, but yeah, you, you alluded to the fact that uh, we're going to be watching something else next week that... For you having, because you only saw you so you only saw the trailer. You've not seen the film, correct? Oh, awesome! Because I've never seen the film either. Uh, next week we are look. We're going to be watching a quiet place. It's okay. It's okay. You're safe. 
They can't hear us. It worked. You just need to rest now. Where are they? Where are they? I'll find them. No, she was with me. She was with me and... And then I had to go and do laundry and... He was with you. How did he... Rockets. So he'd still be there. I'm sure he is. He knows to wait for you. And she is... She's smart. She'll have found a place. They know what to do. Mr. John Krasinski of Office Fame. Um, isn't this so? This is a this is the film where everybody's just dead silent, right? Yeah, they have to be quiet, and it's going to be an interesting. Yeah, you don't know why or something like that. So it's nothing like the Bird Box. Don't know. Did you watch? Did you watch Bird Box? No, I have better things to do than watch that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a Netflix I would, I, movie. Is that what you're I'm saying? Not even gonna, I'm not even going to say that we should ever cover that in the future. Not, not that it was horrible, but like it wasn't. It wasn't everything it was cracked up to be. And then remember, like everybody had bird box memes, all kinds of stuff going on. Like it was the greatest. Now, nah. um, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking this out. I haven't seen it yet, and I wanted to check it out. I knew they they filmed the sequel, a, a part of it here in Western New York, actually. Um, they closed down the Grand Island Bridge to film a bunch of scenes on that, and that's actually where I used to live, Grand Island, when I first moved here. Hmm. So it's kind of cool that that's got that tie. I'm looking forward to seeing this one. Uh, anyway, all right, guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Silence Your Phones. We appreciate all your support. Uh, check out all the other shows on the network, BICBP-radio.com. Make sure to throw some support their way. Um, you got anything else you want to say before we're out of here? Just continue to wear your mask. Hopefully the end's in sight, and... Uh, you know, we'll see. Joe Biden says he wants to do a hundred. Was it twenty million in a hundred days? Twenty million we'll vaccinations see. or a hundred million or something? Apparently, we have like a shit ton, and it's not being used at the moment. So, well, I mean, we'll political see. political observations deleted. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Um, you're right, man. We're hopefully we're gonna get to the end here. The thing is, is when we do, you're gonna have to come up with a new closeout. A, a new, uh, you know, a, a new goodbye to the listeners instead of telling them to wear their masks. Unless you're just like, no, just keep wearing your masks. Uh, it I looks think we're cool. going to have to for a while is what I understand uh, to be yeah. the case because it's not 100% effective. It's, you know. 90-something, yeah. Yeah, so there's community spread, but herd immunity, blah, 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 blah. All those scientific terms that in the moment we don't care about because we want to watch movies. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week's Next week's? Yes, sure. Next exactly. week. It is now time to unsilence your phones. <laughs> <laughs>